Hello and welcome to episode 1223 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, October 2nd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by league champion Justin Mason. Secured his auction championship yesterday. Justin, I know you're feeling good. What's going on this morning? Man, I'm I'm on cloud nine. I really am. It was a stressful day. Um, it, I mean, it came down to a clean inning from David Bednar and then a home run from Sean motherfucking Bouchard uh, Let's go, Sean. to uh, nix the uh, the Bailey over win. And uh, yeah, I mean, I already bought my Sean Bouchard jersey. I accidentally think I bought two. Um, I tried to I tried to cancel the order so I could just get one. But if I get an extra one, you had a great idea. I will give it away uh, to someone in Arizona at first pitch Arizona. Perfect. So uh, you know, we'll we'll come up with criteria for that at some point, but. Uh, really just um, an amazing day yesterday. I got to hang out with Brian Slack and Nicholas Sackett, who uh, won the main, main event, event overall, uh, and, uh, along with Dylan White. They had a three-person team. Um, and then hung out with Toby, uh, Bats of Crazy, and Sammy Reed. Uh, and it was, uh, it was an aff- amazing day, fantastic day. And I'm just so relieved. I've been so stressed out. And to now, like, lock that championship down, you know, my first ever high stakes win. And uh, mm-hmm. it just feels good. It does. It feels really good. That is so awesome, man. I'm so dang happy for you. Each got a title in in the NFBC now here. You know, that isn't draft champions or whatever. Like you said, higher stakes, upper level there with the auction championship won my main a couple of years ago. So happy for you. I was hoping that you'd win the main too. So we'd have, yeah. you know, two, two mains on the channel, but listen, an auction championship title is fantastic as well. So very well done. Congrats to everybody who won their titles. I know Jason got his Yoohoo shower from his kids uh, for winning some titles. And we had a lot of friends have some, you know, some great wins, but we also had some friends have some crushing losses. So yeah. our thoughts are with them today as they uh, as they deal with that, because it's definitely a bummer to lose on the last day. You play all this time and, you know, to lose by an RBI or an inning or, you know, one one hit here, one hit there. You're just like, oh, what could have been? But uh, now we close the book on the season. We head to the playoffs, which should be excellent. I'm very excited for all the new blood in the playoffs. Speaking of NFBC, I'm going to be playing some of that postseason game. Uh, Not an ad, but uh, definitely love playing that game. It's a lot of fun. So if you guys are interested in that, check it out. And when um, when does that start? I would imagine Tuesday. I I think it would start with the wild card. Does it include the wild card? No, I don't know. that. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm full of crap. I can't remember. I have it pulled up but I haven't dug into it yet. I was actually going to do that later today. Um, and that would make sense that, uh, that I would do that so that I know what the hell I'm doing here. All right. Postseason hold them 200 bucks per entry. Oh wait, that's NFFC. Hang on. Hang on. I don't know. Why is it not on the lobby page? Anyway, We'll find out when it starts. And if you go to the NFBC page, you'll find out when it starts because they'll have it on there and they'll be more prepared than it, my it, dumbass. It locks October 11th. So it starts with the AL, okay, so ALDS and NLDS. So, okay, um, cool, cool. Yeah, it's $150. It's a point scoring format. So all those you like points leagues and they're like, oh, NFBC doesn't have anything for me. Here you go. Here's, there you here's go. the thing. And, you know, you want to be trying to get the team's you know, you can you can benefit from picking ahead. You can make changes after that first round yeah. 
but you can really benefit from getting guys that are going to advance further, of course. So obviously, if you've got a sharp pick for the playoffs that you think is going to go far that maybe people aren't as keen on, you know, I've been I've been gassing up the twins a little bit, something like that, that comes through and your sneak team comes through and you're not just filled with Braves and Dodgers. That's a that, that can be a big way to win that. So good luck if you guys do that. Um, I know I'm going to do that. Oh, there's only 322 teams remaining. So there is a limit. Yep. So, I mean, obviously, that's still a lot uh, out of 550, but don't don't wait too long for it if you are interested in it. But as we've been doing over the last few episodes, we're going to continue to look forward here. Well, look back and then look forward with these players. Uh, we looked at pitcher flops and hitter flops within the top 100 ADP for the NFPC main event. And today we're going to talk about the best bargains among the top 50 hitters. These are the guys that had the lowest ADPs and still finished within the top 50. And uh, we want to see where we're at with them. Are these guys that you're going to buy into? Do you, do you believe what they did? Obviously, some of them will have questions about where they're going to go. I know there's a few free agents on this list, so that will play into it for sure. But what do you think about these skills jumps that they had? And we got to start with the with the top one. Probably everyone in their heads instantly thinking, oh, yeah, this is not uh, surprising. It is indeed Cody Bellinger. You know, a lot of people, I think, bought in. Was it last year that people bought in on the buyback? The last two and, years. And it didn't. Really, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it's been the last two years, but it didn't come to fruition last year uh, in 2022 when 19 homers, 14 steals. Not not a bad little double double there, but with a 210 average, it really wasn't yeah. super valuable in 2022 for Cody Bellinger. And so he had a lot of detractors, right? A lot of people were kind of off of it. Yeah, he's going to the Cubs, uh, but who cares? It's just not there for him anymore. He still had his his group of proponents, though, and they cashed in big. Justin waving his hand to the camera. With a 191 ADP, he turned out to be the 14th hitter overall on our auction calculator with a 26-20 home run stolen base season, 307 average, too, right? If you had told me he was going to go 20-20, I could have gotten my head around that. If you had said it was going to come with a 307 average, I'm just not sure I would have seen that uh necessarily happening right this is this is almost a throwback to the vintage cody bellinger that we were used to you know not quite the mvp with 47 homers but like a very good version of cody bellinger he's back he looked excellent super healthy the strikeout rate came way down from sitting at 27 percent the last two years to 16 percent this year that's obviously a pivotal change for cody bellinger this was a one-year make good with a mutual option I got to imagine that if he stays with the Cubs, he's going to renegotiate for something yeah, uh, with multiple years. So he's almost certainly not going to take the his end of that mutual option at $12.5 million. So with that said, we don't really know where he's going to play. So just operate on a neutral uh, venue for Cody Bellinger. You liked him this year. I doubt you're going to totally pivot off of him next year, even though the price is going to go up. What do you think of Cody Bellinger after the breakout, the re-breakout, the rebirth? I mean, I feel like a lot of it is fairly legitimate. I mean, you have to wonder how much of the shoulder issues at the end of his tenure in L.A. just really. I don't think you have to wonder. Yeah, I think that was all of it. To yeah, be honest. I think I think it was all of it for the most part. Like um, he went back to being a more patient hitter in the zone uh, and just waited for his pitch and crushed it. His own contact was up a huge amount. Uh, over the last few seasons, I mean, last last year in 2022, he had about an 81% zone contact, which is 
a fair amount below league average. 2021, 77% zone contact. I'm way below league average, right? Couldn't get around on anything. Yeah, and he was also being more aggressive in the zone. He was trying to swing his way out of that, you know, those issues. Um, mm -hmm. This year, he drops his swing uh, or zone swing percentage uh, down uh, by about two percentage points. So a little bit, gets a little bit more selected in the zone. But his zone contact went up to 87%. Um, which is a six point jump for Bellinger. That's yeah. that's nice. That's a that's a and that's above league average, right? Like you get a you get a guy who can make above league average contact with his kind of uh, power profile, and like yeah, you're gonna mm -hmm. have a big season. Um, and I mean, a lot of it obviously. I mean, some of it will depend on where he goes because I don't think he's going back to Chicago unless he gets a massive deal. I'm pretty sure he's gonna be like outside of Otani, he's gonna be like the big free agent bat on the market um what are we thinking like a like a five-year deal yeah I, I would think like i mean let's see he's what 20 gonna be eight? age 28 next year yeah i, I would say like a five-year i don't know 100 and 100 million i was gonna say 120 yeah perhaps yeah um you know would have been cool for them to make the playoffs uh you know they kind of choked down the stretch there them in seattle sorry cubs and, and mariners fans not trying to rub salt in the wound there but you know it would have been cool to see him get on the postseason stage again and then maybe even add to his profile but obviously the season that bellinger put up is going to be plenty to uh, have folks excited about him and i do think he can get you know at least four or five year type deal for something in the 20 plus million range yeah. I, I would think um you know because he's a good defender as well can can play it can play center if you want him to probably best as as a corner especially as he ages so you'd be signing him maybe to play center uh the first year and then eventually move him to a corner or first base so that versatility helps though yeah because you're not you're not stuck with a dh only a first base type off rip with cody bellinger his athleticism is uh still very much present he'll be on the right side of 30 so yeah maybe it even eclipses 20 like you're saying um but let's again put him in a neutral spot then raise the adp up pretty substantial su substan substantially stick talking ability paul um are you are you paying it are you paying the premium you liked him uh, you liked him on the downside and it's easier to buy obviously at that point are you paying say a top seven round price that is where he went in the meatball draft he went in the sixth round to jenny butler oh, a sixth round i'll pay all day long like i i can't yeah, imagine this was several weeks yeah. ago and he He'll had, probably he had, be he had, a he had a massive second half, uh, you know, where he hit uh, 313 with 17 home runs in the second half. So, like, so fourth, fifth round, let's say, I'm paying that for yeah, Bellinger. I'd pay fourth, fifth round. Like, I, I would have no okay. problem paying. Do you think he reaches the third? I mean, he did put up a 2020 season, 26 20. I, th um, I think he, he may be a third rounder. He's also first and outfield eligible again, so, which helps, which helps. Like, I think there's a legitimate case to put him as a second rounder, to be quite honest. I mean, I haven't done so, the math on it, obviously. Like, I haven't run my projections, but like a guy who I think has the potential to be, you know, like a 30 20 guy with a good batting average, like, is a potential first round pick. So, like, well, let's, let's run some comparisons then because yeah. I got some guys in the second and third rounds in the outfield who are power speed types. So, kind of an easy comparison. We'll start at the bottom, we'll work our way up into the second round. I think this one's an easy vote for Bellinger, but Adelise Garcia or Bellinger? I guess it's not easy. I think 
that's really close. Um, I think I... I do not. Because you don't like Adelise. Correct. But he made... I was wrong again, okay? So I'm not, it, I'm not it, trying it, to... Sure, but he, he stole nine bases. He only stole nine bases. That's true. But he also had massive skills growth. So, like, I don't think the fall-off yeah. that we thought um, was in the range of outcomes uh, or probable is going to happen. one year... It's a one-year walk spike. It's a four-point jump to 10%. Strikeouts did not improve. The power was excellent. Okay, so I, I mentioned the nine seals. I'd be remiss to not also acknowledge that he hit 39 bombs. Yeah. So let me not, uh, let me not again, try to shirk my uh, my L here with Adelise Garcia. 39-107 with nine steals, 108 runs, 245 average. It's a hell of a season. But he's going to be 31 I still think it's a challenged plate profile. I don't believe that. That was the reason I didn't believe in him. If you had told me that he was going to have a four point walk rate improvement, I probably wouldn't have been so down on him uh, as I was coming into the year. But I still am nervous about the, about Adelise Garcia and the viability of his plate skills as he enters his 30s. So for me, it is pretty easily Bellinger personally. You know, I, I mean, and what I will say is actually he showed plate skills growth at the beginning of the season. They disappeared in the second half. He fell back into yeah. his old old routines because you don't teach an old dog new tricks. It's just very rare for yeah. a thirty year old to really completely flip their skill set. And so, yeah, he stopped. Uh, he, he stopped having such such growth there with the walks. So maybe so, I would take Bell, but I still think. I mean, when you've got a shoulder issue like Bellinger had, like that's always a concern. And so, like, sure. Well, I think he has first or second round talent. I don't know that I would take him that high. And okay, I, well that's third round for Adelise, so you'd be yeah. you'd be in the third round there with I think, Belly. I think third fourth round makes a lot of sense for Bellinger. Um, obviously, it'll depend on like the, your roster construction, like where you're taking a pitcher and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I, I do think he probably belongs in the third or fourth round. Belly versus Michael Harris. Oh, Bellinger. And you hate Michael Harris it's not that as hate, much as I hate Adelise Garcia. I don't hate I Michael Harris. And time. I think Michael Harris, again, deserves to be third, fourth rounder um, once again. But hitting at the bottom of the lineup means something. Like, yeah. that's like, And that's not changing. The Braves are still going to be... Wait, 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 wait. It already changed, though. He's, he's up to six. And from nine to six is a big jump. So he already moved up within this season. Now, I'm not saying that he can go a whole bunch higher. I agree with you there. But I want to point out that when we were really hard on Michael Harris, because we were not fans of him this year at second round price, it was because he was batting ninth and had flawed plate skills. Well, the flawed plate skills are still there. The strikeout rate did get better, um, but the walk rate remains unimpressive at 5%. Yeah, well, but he did move I'm, up I'm in gonna the lineup. I'm going to push back on the move up thing because he moved up when Ozzy Albies was injured. And then at the end of the season, when they weren't running out full lineups because they're resting guys for the postseason. So now that the he's inter, not injuries. He's batting ahead of Rosario and Arcia for sure. And probably ahead of Sean Murphy for me. I, I don't see any reason he can't hold six. They love, remember, remember when they kept putting like freaking Swanson and, and Albies at not like, they like that guy who can restart the lineup. Like, I think it's true. Dumb, I mean, they have such a deep lineup. But like, yeah, I mean, he should he be batting higher? Yes. But I think Michael Harris. I think he will be. Um, I think unless there's an injury, I think he will be consistently batting in the bottom third of the lineup. Uh, and that to me is like uh, that that it damages your ability to score runs and get RBIs. And I mean, it obviously is better than on any other team in baseball, but um, it still damages you a little bit. And so. 
I mean, obviously Cody Bellinger could end up like take like getting a bag from a team like that sucks, and then we're having a different sure. conversation, right? Like if he like like I love my Giants, but if Cody Bellinger is the big free agent get for my Giants, like he's not a third or fourth rounder anymore. Like you know that just the name. Oh yeah, you'd be out. Oh yeah, I mean you put him in that park and then you put that lineup around him unless they go out and buy six freaking free agents like you know which they're not gonna do and even if they do i don't know that this isn't a good free agency year so like i don't think it helps right so um, true they, they need to go get players via um trades and whatnot not yeah. just signings because you're not you're not really rebuilding a team super well um just via via free agents this year i completely agree with that yeah i mean the the, the park that park would not be awesome, right? Like that's that's definitely true. The, but I, I don't know if div- I'd be fully off of the Bellinger division. Wouldn't point. be awesome either because like that is an up and coming division with a lot of really really good pitchers in it um, outside of the Rockies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, okay, that that that's that's fair there. Uh, what about Randy Rosarena, guy we both love versus Bellinger? Ooh. Randy, Randy I, went 23-22 with a I, 254 average. I feel like it's still Randy, um, but I think that that's one where I'm definitely going to have to like like run the numbers on it. Like it'll it'll depend, and Bellinger will be a guy like I do late because I'm wait. I'm going to try to you know you know it's going to change once he signs. So like trying to mm-hmm. like do a, a, a projection on free agents is I think meaningless for the most part. Like I might put a generic sure. one in there just to hold a place, but uh, for the most part, like, yeah, I, I still think it's Randy for me, but that, okay. that is a little bit of a love affair. Um, and the numbers will make it less biased for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love, I love him too. Uh, the second round outfielder, I, I don't think you're going to go Luis Robert. Uh, I don't think you can go Bellinger over Luis Robert there. No. So I think that third, fourth round area is where you're looking at Bellinger, which would be a jump up again. He went sixth in the meatball draft, um, you know, Christian Yelich, Cedric Mullins, and Bellinger. What, what, what's that trio look like for you? Um, I think that's all pretty close, uh, but I think I probably... probably I go Yelly, Belly, Mully. I think that's what I do, too. Um, I think the power you get from Bellinger outweighs everything you get from... Mullins, um, and mm-hmm. but in Yelich, while he's not like a superstar anymore, like he puts up amazing numbers, and no one gives like Yelich will probably go after both of those guys, and he shouldn't, like you, you know, because he'll be 32, so the age will be holding him back a little bit. And so, if you take Belly in the third, fourth, and I miss him, I'll gladly take Yelly in the fifth, sixth. Yeah, exactly. And feel plenty fine with that. Um, and then Mullins could be an interesting buyback. We'll probably talk more about him as this as the offseason goes because he did have a little bit of a fallback. But uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see how it goes. I would probably need to not be as long on every one of these players. Yeah. Uh, because we do have eleven of them. Christian Walker was pick 132, and he finished 22nd among hitters this year with a really sharp season. Obviously, the baby snakes in the playoffs. He was a big part of that, going 33-103 with a 258 average. Hell of a season from the 32-year-old Christian Walker. He'll be 33 next year. He's coming off a back-to-back 30-homer seasons and uh, one homer shy of three in his career. He hit 29 back in 2019. 
So he's, you know, definitely a, a an established power hitter, but he'll be 33 and now he'll have a, a price attached to him. Where are you at on Christian Walker? I know I'm kind of framing it uh, and maybe leading you down the path of saying that you're not going to be in, but are you, are you in? Do you, do you like Christian Walker enough to pay, say, what are we thinking? Like eight to 10 round or no, actually, I mean, he went in the fifth round of this draft. So let's say like five Ooh, through yeah. seventh round. I don't, I could probably do the back end of that. I could probably do seven. Um, fifth round seems pretty expensive. Uh, not that I think he's going to have a fall off or anything necessarily, but he is 32 and, uh, you know, God, that is an exciting team for him to be does in not the strike out a lot. Does not strike He's out. He's a nineteen percent K rate guy for a legit power hitter, Christian Walker, and sneak tip eleven for eleven on the bases. Yeah, we love to see that. You know, now I'm not saying we can bank on that because he now he did have eight for nine in 2019, but then he he was three for six from 2020 through 2022. So. Uh, but he took advantage, right? He saw, okay, I can run a bit more this year. So if we put him down for like six, right? Just a little chip in from your first baseman. It's not crazy, but it's it's something. I like getting guys like that that give me just a little drop of something. So what if we put him for like 29, 6, 90 on, on the ribs um, and a 250 average? That's pretty good that's, from Christian And that Walker. seems about right. So like, um, you know, I haven't, I, I'm almost through second base projections, so I'll probably hit first base here in the next couple days. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll have a better idea. But like, I I'm not out on him by any stretch of the imagination. But a fifth round price, like, there's a lot of really good pitchers like still on the board. Um, you know, mm-hmm. do you want a guy who's first base only? Like, I, I'll have to see the depths of first base because I I know it wasn't as deep as we thought it was going to be, but it was still a good position, so um, I'm, I'm definitely interested. Okay. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not jumping. I mean, you got the huge discount for some reason last year. Uh, and I think. I think he just kind of gets. He, he might get hidden again there in the desert, Christian Walker. Right. I think he might be one of those guys that's just kind of like. Maybe his price doesn't even really skyrocket. John Fish took him here. Um, it was a great player, so I, I don't even shade the fifth-round slot. But I think he might have overpaid just because I don't know if anybody else is going to be pushing him like that. Yeah. Right? So it's not a bad pick from a pure value standpoint, but I think you might actually be able to get him cheaper. Let's talk about a couple sixth-round first basemen that went shortly after him. Yandy Diaz or Christian Walker. Different profiles, so I know it's team bill, but let's just say at that point you do not have a need yet of the power versus the average. So which one would you rather have? I think it's Walker. Um, I, I mean, I love what Yandi did this year, but if you had Yandi on any teams, and I had Yandi on a few teams, um, he was frustrating. Like, dude is day to day all the time. Like, and mm-hmm. he, you know, while he does play regularly for the Rays, like it's still the Rays, right? Like, if you know, they will sometimes just sit him, and some, you know, sometimes he's banged up, and it was really frustrating. So, like, the overall numbers do, don't account for the frustration factor, which I don't necessarily want to deal with, especially when I'm managing as many teams as I am, like, it has to like, you know, like, oh, 
yeah, it's Friday and Yandy or Yandy's not in the lineup. Do I even play him this? Do weekend? I even take him out? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, that's a great call. And you talk about how you play a lot of leagues, right? So if you're a one, two league person, you can manage differently. And I yeah. do think we talk about this concept a lot, draft to your strengths. And that might mean cutting out certain players, yeah. these guys who get the nick ups on the day to day that you don't want to deal with. And Yandy can be one of those guys. And again, you throw in the Tampa Bay factor and his day to day stuff. And that's a recipe for disaster. And that's all he played a buck 37 this year. He played a buck 37 last year. He played a buck 34 the year before. I think we got a pretty good idea of how many yeah. games Yandy Diaz is going to play. Mm -hmm. uh, what about the buyback on Paul Goldschmidt? He went in the sixth round after Christian Walker. Obviously, St. Louis was ugly this year. Things did not go well for them. Um, but if this is an off year, by the way, sign me up. He yeah, went 25, 80, 11 with a 268. I mean, an 89 runs thrown in. I love that that's Paul Paul Goldschmidt's off year, but he'll be 36. Where are you at between Walker and, and uh, Goldie? That's really close, to be quite honest. Um, yep, I'm with you. I think a lot of speed, a little bit more bankable. Sorry, because we've seen him do this much more consistently, but at least Walker had it this year to make you think like, oh, he could be kind of Goldie-esque with those chip-in steals. Yeah, I think a lot of it will depend on what the Cardinals do this offseason. Like, if mm -hmm. it, are the Cardinals going to trade him? Are the Cardinals going to uh, keep building around him? Um, I mean, I guess they don't really build much of the offense, the pitching they need to rebuild. Um, yeah, yeah. The offense was actually fine. Yeah. I mean, it ended up kind of mid-pack by the end of the year, but like they were still a threatening offense for yeah. a lot of the season. It was the pitching, um, and then the injuries started to pile up, and then the offense fell down a bit. But like throughout the bulk of the season, they were still a very threatening offense, the Cardinals. It's probably still goldie for me, but I think it's very, think very so close. But like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we like Christian Walker. Uh, we're going to want to see where his price really lands uh, before we get a firm handle on it. But a great season for him. This one, you know, I'm not saying this with hindsight because I was in on, on him coming into the year. I, I felt like Nick Castellanos was such an easy buyback. And he went pick, uh, hang on, I got it right here. He went pick 135 on average and he finished 24th amongst hitters. I was actually surprised that he, he wasn't getting a lot of love, right? Because he was somebody that so many people loved as a, a consistent Castellanos buyer. I feel like there's always a party there ready to buy him. And I think the disappointment of his first year in Philly really stung some people and that it stuck with them. Hey man, don't, don't pay for the first year of a, of a new deal, right? Like this, this is a perfect case of that. He dips down to a 96 OPS plus after the killer year in Cincy. 13 homers, languished through some things. It just wasn't a very good year. Uh, this year bounces back 29-106 with 11 steals. What's it with 11 steals today? That's like the magic number. Yeah. 272 average and 79 runs for the 31-year-old Nick Castellanos. Hell of a season. Finishes top 25 amongst hitters. Are you back in next year? The price will go up, but I'm not sure if it'll skyrocket. Or, or, do, you, or do you see the hype building back up again to where it was coming into 2022? So here's the thing. Uh, I don't think people, I was fading, uh, I'll be real honest, and um, I stand by the process even though the results didn't work out, right? Um, and I think it's a really good example because we were looking at what happened last season and everything was down. The, the skills were down. Um, you know, the barrel percentage was down, the X velocities were down. He wasn't making very good contact. Just one year, though, baby. I understand, Just but you're talking about a guy who's in his 30s now and like, he, you know, he was leaving the amazing Great American Ballpark, and 
I think I think the process was right. I also think, well, I'll take the L I for do not. Okay, well, I think the process is right. Um, and while you're the one, you're the one with the title this year, so you get yeah, to say that's what, right. when there you go. You're, you're the, that's your tiebreaker. Multiple titles, multiple titles. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so uh, here's the thing: I was wrong on the results, and I'll take the L on the results. I got no problem with that. Um, and while some of the skills came back, right, the barrel percentage went back over ten percent. Uh, which is where he was in 2021 for Nick Castellanos. Um, you know, the exit velocity, the max exit velocity is back up over 111. Uh, there's still some underlying contact skills, which are kind of scary. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I think he can hit for power, but I think there will be a pretty uh, big or a, a decent sized dip. I don't want to say big dip, I want a decent sized dip in batting average. Um, and he may lose a couple home runs. So I like. I'm not going to project him to have as good of a year as he had in 2023, in 2024. So I probably won't get Nick Cassianos in any leagues, um, depending on where the price is. Obviously, everything is price dependent. I think this is, I think uh, Cassianos and Ballinger are really, really good examples, though, of when you start doing your prep for the new season, come in with a clean slate. Like all your feelings towards a player should be wiped away and you should do your projections or do your ranks um, based on, Hey, I know what he did last year. That's fine. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but this is a brand new season uh, because I think too often, I think one of the reasons why a guy like uh, Bellinger fell to 191 and Nick Cassianos only fell to 135 is because people are like, he's killed me. He killed me. Like, and there's no, I'm never touching him again. Right. I mean, I'm sure that some of that was, you know, with uh, Castellanos as well. Sure. But people overreact to that. And you got to just look at Absolutely. things through fresh eyes. Bellinger was a guy that I was out on the previous two seasons when he was bad. But I was in on this year because the price was warranted. It. So for Castellanos. The price had really fallen off yeah. on Belly. Uh, for, for Castellanos, it'll all depend on price. If he's a top six pick. Six round pick, he, he, like I, he wasn't in the meatball again. Okay. We're, this is our one sample, and it only goes seven rounds. So whenever I cite this, I want to be clear that I'm not saying this is an end all be all, folks. It's just the only thing we have to go off of there right is, now. So in there this is one another sample, DC that is currently going that I might have okay. access to a, a board. So I'll and then there's that. um. You know, then there's the tout one that that you were part of too. So we're we're, we're working off a of very limited info, but he didn't go. Cassianos did not go in the top seven rounds there. Um, for me. It really wasn't even difficult. He had a 9% homer to fly ball rate last year that was never going to hold. I firmly believe he played through some nagging injuries. He missed some time too. It just struck me as as a wash away season for Nick Castellanos. Easy buyback. Uh, stole seven of eight last year. Jumped in on the, on the new speed. Like I said, got 11 this year, 11 of 13. I, I think I will project him for pretty much the same season he had a 337 babbitt this year he's a career 331 um so maybe tone it down a little bit in this draft the draft champions that's currently going on uh with a Mm -hmm. number of really really good drafters he went in the middle of the seventh round okay that doesn't seem bad to me like i'm not i have no problems with that yeah i don't have like i don't think that is an overreach i also don't think that where'd schwerber go two picks before him Okay, because he went in the seventh round of the meatball, and I get—I bet if they had gone eight rounds, 
it's probably logical to think that Castellanos would have gone yeah. in that next round. They they seem to go pretty close together where if one goes, it triggers the other to yeah. go. And so three, I have no problem paying that. After him, Josh Lowe. Ooh, you did a little, yeah, uh, a little uh, guess the player type thing on him yeah. and showing like how great his season was mm -hmm. without the name attached to it. And yeah, he had an amazing season. We'll be talking about him uh, here shortly, actually. Uh, let's go to Lane Thomas. It's a year too early on this son of a gun. 311 ADP. Um, I had kind of quit him because... You know, like I said, I was really high on him for 2022 because he had that great finish to 2021 after coming over from the Cardinals. They were batting him high. He had looked a bit better against righties, which has always been his big flaw. And then after 2022, I was like, okay, well, I, I fell for a short sample. Maybe he just really can't hit righties. And I will say, he didn't exactly kill righties this year either. It was still heavily built off of his work against left-handers. But he did hit 19 of his 28 homers against them with a 185 ISO. So that helped sustain his 7 and 19 OPS. But all in all, for Lane Thomas, it was 28 homers, 20 steals, 268 average, 86 ribbies, and a 101 runs on that Washington team. So he was the 25th ranked hitter after going 311th off the board. Where were you on Lane Thomas coming into the year? And what do you think of this big 2020 breakout season? Okay, so this is one where I'll take the L on. Um for the right reasons, right? So Thomas was a guy that I was very ambivalent on. Like, I just didn't see where the juice came from. Uh, but he had all the underlying skills that I look for in a guy that, you know, has the potential to break out. You know, even last year, 89% zone contact is fantastic for a guy like him. Uh, I didn't think he had this kind of juice in the bat. Like this is, you know, and you know, he obviously, killer. yeah, he obviously made improvements. I was, I remember when you were like talking about him and I was just like, eh, fine. Like I, I don't dislike, like he's cheap enough where like, if he doesn't work out, like he's fine. Like, you know, but yeah, um, it didn't, it, yeah, it didn't kill me to be gassing him up all yeah. in 2022. It was just one of those things where I kind of cut him in the middle of the season at one point. And it was just like, nah, he just didn't really come through for me. I definitely, he's one of those guys, like, I think I really want to sit down and take a look at uh, maybe some, like, swing mechanics and see, like, is there something that he did differently? Because this jump in power is really interesting. But he's also one of these guys where we talked about at the beginning of the year, like, hey, you know, mediocre steel guys all of a sudden stealing 20 bases. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, that's really, that becomes really interesting because, like, Honestly, I didn't realize how good of a season he had until just now. It, it was quiet, obviously, right? Because Washington not making a ton of noise. By the way, um, some of these rankings are wrong. I made this sheet yesterday, and it obviously didn't have uh, yesterday's data in. And he did end up finishing 21st. So, selling Lane Thomas a little bit short. He even moved up on the last day of the season there. Just a hell of a season for him. I, yeah. I mean, you know, three, four ranks is not going to really change the context of what we're talking about here. Just in case you go to the auction calculator and you say no... Jose Ramirez was 25th score. What are you talking about? So just so uh, we're clear on that. And the ADPs that we have, um, I do not think are the final main event ones as well. So you'll see a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, inconsistency on some of these numbers I'm giving. I wanted to get the main event from the heart of the main event uh, ADP there. Yeah. And that's why I have those, those numbers there. But yeah, with Lane Thomas, I mean, I guess my question is, 
where does he go from here in, in draft price? Because like I said, he still can't hit righties and that's the bulk of what you face. Yeah. Uh, 490 plate appearances against them. He went 242, 292, 427. That power jump certainly sustained him. Uh, and then his numbers against lefties really, really help. He went nine homers, nine steals and 192 plate appearances with a uh, good for a 948 OPS against lefties for Lane Thomas. I am a little bit nervous buying in too much now. Do we think he's, I mean, inside the top 150 with this season? He probably is. Um, I, I don't know that I would pay that, though. Um, I think I'm I'm backing out at that price. I mean, obviously, like, I think he's got to take a step back in power. Like, I just don't think this power is completely mm -hmm. legitimate. Um, and I think he's taking a step back in batting average. Uh, you know, those struggles against righties, like, that, that means something. Uh, but the Nationals are a team that will let him run. So, like, like could he could he be more of like a I don't know a twenty twenty guy or twenty fifteen? Yeah, just guy? Give, yeah, like, give back eight homers. Yeah, I mean I agree with you Is that they could team? let him run. That's probably a top ten round player, right? Like that, he probably deserves to be in the top ten rounds. Especially because he scored one hundred and one with the Nats as is, and there's reason to believe that they can get a bit better next year. They Maybe can't not be like worse. Yeah, like I don't think there's gonna be a renaissance just yet, but I, I could see them being better. A full season of Abrams, Ruiz is still there. Uh, I mean, it gets light after that. Like, who else am I gonna even talk up? Manessis, I don't know, Luis Garcia. So, but he scored 101 with this team. That's the craziest part. That's my point. Is like uh, Lane, Tom, uh, Abrams, Thomas, Ruiz, Manessis, Luis Garcia, Dom Smith, Carter Keboom, Jacob Lou, Jacob Young, and he scored a buck one with that crew. Yeah. So they make a few improvements. And you get a full season of of the good Abrams, and is he dropping another hundred runs? That that'd be the that'd be the killer part there for Lane Thomas. So you're right, maybe he is a top ten guy, uh, which is what the 150 pick would be because these are 15 team leagues that we're talking about. I'm still not sure I'm paying it. I don't like that he has such a flaw against righties. You just face so many righties, it's just a little bit scary for me. So a guy I've loved that uh, I think now at a full premium price, I'm probably out. Yeah, uh, let's go. Let's go to Yandy Diaz. We had talked about him uh, in in the context of Christian Walker. He also made this list: two sixty six uh, ADP, twenty sixth spot on the hitter ranks. I already gave you his numbers, but I can give them to you again. He led the American League with a three thirty batting average. Actually, I don't think I gave the numbers. He hit a career high twenty two homers. What if Yandy Diaz actually lifted the ball? Well, we saw it a bit with the twenty two homers this year. Seventy eight ribbies, ninety five runs. You talked about the playing time situation 134 137 137 are his games played he's going to be 32 are you buying the the upswing on yandy diaz he went in the sixth round of the meatball draft i think we kind of already said no but let's give him some more detail on that so he had in 2022 yandy diaz had a 7.7 degree launch angle what i'm surprised you, it was that high and i'm not even trying to be funny what do you think it was in 2023 10. It was five. Was it lower? 5.7. <laughs> Once you had, I, I, I got trivial pursuit in there. You know, you should yeah. always have your antenna up there. Obviously, it wasn't going up. It had to be coming down. Yeah. So it went from 7.7 .7 launch angle to 5.7, you said? Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. That, I mean, like, that, it's really weird season for. So he, he didn't even really lift the ball. Like, 
well, here's the thing. He barreled it. So he barreled the shit out of me and hit hard hit rate off the charts too. Yeah. So when he was running hot and the power was like, you know, hot, he was doing a great job, you mm-hmm. know, but when he wasn't, he wasn't like it. So it's really hard. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, he's going to for average, right? We, we, we can, we can pencil an average. Yes. Average is a really hard stat to get. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's now again, 135 games is pretty easy to pencil in for him. Uh, yep. you know, um, he plays on a great team. So runs RBIs will be a thing for him. I just want to be clear, barreled the shit out of relative to his number. Yeah, 9.5% yeah, yeah. is not really no. that special in general, but for him, far and easily a career high. Yeah. Um, he beat his 2019 mark, but he's usually in the 7% range. So 10% but, if you round up is nice. I don't think you can pencil in 20 home runs for him again. Like I, no way, not even close for me. Uh, I will, my projection will be 14 homers max. Yeah. I was thinking 15, 16. So yeah, I mean, um, it probably he's probably going to go higher than I'm willing to spend. And, uh, I think so. Uh, or maybe, you know, maybe not. We'll see, we'll see where it goes in drafts, but, uh, uh, yeah, I probably. Well, well, he went sixth here. You're not paying that because you take you're taking Walker and Goldie. You said. Well, he went in the sixth round. Yeah, he went right after Christian Walker. Oh no, yeah, that's that's not happening. I'm, I'm not doing that. What if I what, what if I give you a discount though? I put him in the eighth. I don't even think I'm doing that. I don't think so either, to be honest. Because while he does, Yandy Diaz does feel quite bankable for batting average. He's a career two ninety. That's still, I'm still so nervous betting on, on uh, batting average, right? Yeah. Like even somebody like Luis Arise, who's the most bankable guy there is for batting average. It's just so scary yeah. to bet on that. And he's first base only next year. Yeah. For Yandy Diaz. Well, in Yahoo, he'll keep the third base, but yeah, in every other format that requires yeah, 20 games. six games there. Oh no. So Yahoo won't have it. Yahoo's 10 games. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was five games in Yahoo. Yeah. So five, then he, five he's just just first base then so that also that really undercuts yandi for me here you go in this other draft that's going on i've got the first 11 and a half rounds he went in the 11th round oh okay that now i would that, do that's that, a that, lot that's a roster construction thing where like if i can then like you know pencil him in for you know like a 300 batting average um because I mean, he say like two ninety six last year. He had three thirty this year. I can pencil in three hundred. Feel pretty good uh, about getting you know five hundred fifty six hundred plate appearances at a three hundred batting average. Like that means a lot. Like for you know for fantasy league, especially if you end up with a stud that you know you're not going to get. You know you end up with Matt Olson. Yes, you're getting a ton of home runs. I know he had a good batting average this year. That's going to regress. Uh, I'm thinking Yandi as a CI. Yeah, at, at that price that I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more interested in. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, eleventh okay. round price. Yeah, I think I'd be in on that. Yeah, I can get behind on. I can get behind that. That's that's uh, pushing outside the top one hundred and fifty. There, that makes some sense for Yandy Diaz. I can get uh, in line with that. Marcelo Zuna. Uh, we talked about him when we were talking about how great the Braves have been this year. He was part of it. 292 ADP finished 27th among hitters this year. Everyone there just killed. 
We've seen him be good before, uh, but obviously he was left for dead in the fantasy realm for a reason because it looked like he had just kind of fallen off. Like mm -hmm. uh, 2021 was an injury-riddled crap season. 2022, uh, he played 124 games, 507 plate appearances, so he missed time with injury there too, but it was also a pretty crap season. And at age 32, he's not the most fit guy. Uh, folks were like, okay, um, it, that's it for Marcelo Zuna. Not so fast. Drops a 4,100 on our faces with a 274 average. Hell of a season out of Marcelo Zuna. He's going to be with the Braves again next year unless they trade him. It's the last year of that deal. Where you at, where you at on Ozuna? I honestly, I forgot what you said when we talked about the Braves. Are you going to pay for this premium? Because it's obviously this price coming way up. I would say at least 100 picks to, to the top 200. Because he went 292. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say he's at least getting in the top 200. Do we think he's getting in the top 150 for Marcel? I think he's probably around 150, maybe a little bit lower, because he's going to be UT only. He only played two games in the outfield. Ooh, um, that's a good call. That'll keep the price down. So, and, you know, because obviously whoever takes Otani's already can't take him. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think J.D. Martinez. J.D. Right? So, uh, Will J.D. go above him? Probably. Should he? Probably not, especially yeah. especially because I assume JD Martinez will not be back with the Dodgers. So I don't I don't think so either. Because I assume Otani will end up with the Dodgers uh, and just break my heart. So uh, um, thirty three one zero three two seventy one for for JD. I don't I don't want to make it sound like I was shading him, but he's thirty six. Yeah, we don't know where and he's so, going to be. You know exactly. So yeah, I mean, I think that. It is I think he's definitely in play. I think depending on the price Ozuna. for Ozuna, like I don't think that uh, he's going to be out of, I don't think the price is going to be out of bounds for him. Right. Like, um, and so like, yeah, I mean, if he's, if he's going around, you know, pick one fifty, I think that's a perfectly fair price for a guy. Like that's where I was taking like Anthony Santander this year. Right. And like he yeah. put up an Anthony yeah. Santander type season. Um, that's exactly even better than Santander. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, 40 bombs, dude. Like that is yeah. so, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that that's totally fair. I, you know, there is risk because he has had injury plague seasons. Um, and so maybe I would prefer him around 170 or something like that. But I think mm -hmm. if you're getting to that point in the draft around, you know, pick 140 to 150 and you need power, Ozuna is going to be one of the best options on the board. If you haven't filled your DH spot yet. Hunter Renfro went around that spot coming off of a 29-72 season. You mentioned Santander. I point that out because I think the 4,100 on an elite team is actually going to make Ozuna cost a bit more. What What if he's closer to the but 121? The, the UT only. The UT only. The UT only of it. That's a fair point. So that is a fair point. I don't think he's out of play necessarily at 120 either. Like if, if that's okay. what you really need, but um, I I don't know that you're going to have to pay that price. And that'd be nice. We'll we'll see what happens too in the playoffs. He could be a playoff tax guy though too if he goes bananas, and uh, you know kind of puts himself on everyone's radar oh. of like, look at me in this draft. In this draft though, here you go. Like in this draft that's going on right now, when in the beginning of the seventh round. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm not paying that. Yeah, definitely. Not so it went before that. Schwarber, went before Castellanos. 
24. I would just get one of Our those two. guy, Josh Lowe. Josh Lowe, pick 400. You want to talk? We talk about this concept all the time. The rookie who comes up uh, with all the hype in the world doesn't be, doesn't become the world changer that everyone thought he was, and so they pretend that he's the worst player in base, organized baseball after that. Completely left for dead because he put up a shit 52 game sample last year after everyone spent uh, all their fab on him. Um, it's that classic mistake of, of just leaving somebody for dead because now they've shown something. It's like, have they though? It was 198 plate appearances, but the unknown is always so much more appealing to fantasy folks. So some other rookie will, they'll make them the same mistake on another rookie um, as opposed to going back to the well with somebody who now has some MLB experience. And boy, did he really make that MLB experience pay off. 501 plate appearances with a 20 homer season, 32 steals, 83 ribbies, 71 runs, and a 292 average for Josh Lowe, really putting everything together for one hell of a season. It puts him as the 32nd player uh, hitter uh, ranked this year. Just an excellent season from Josh Lowe. Price is going to go way up, though. The price of poker going sky high with Josh Lowe. I think he's definitely... I definitely would have gone in the top seven if they rerun this. He did not go the first time in the meatball draft, but if they rerun ran this with the same seven people, or same 15 people for seven rounds, I would be floored if Josh Lowe didn't go. We're just talking about the seventh round of this draft that's going on currently. Um, because and that's he, where he went. He went after Castellanos and Schwarber. It's the back end of the seventh round. So <laughs> we really found that that, yeah, that really, niche there, yeah. the, the seventh rounders. This is the seventh so, round pod. Uh, <laughs> do you think he stays that low? Because I do not. I don't either. Um, I mean, a lot of fall and winter helium on Josh Lowe, and I'm I'm probably gonna be part of it if I'm being honest. Like I'm gonna be. You should aggressive. Pump the bricks. Pump the bricks. This, I mean, this okay. fantastic season. I'm glad he had. Throw, throw some water on me. Okay, so we're still talking about a guy who doesn't play a ton versus lefties, um, and he's True. on the Rays. He's not gonna play against lefties very often. So is that not? A plus, though, it is, is it a worth plus, trading it, the counting stats for the batting average? I don't think the batting average is going to stay there. We're talking about a guy with a eighty-one percent zone contact, an almost forty percent O swing, an almost fifteen percent swing strike rate. I think he got lucky. I'll give you fifteen points on the average, though. How about that? Why don't you give I'm, me I'm still, thirty, and we and I feel better about it? There's no way. If I'm if I'm not playing against lefties. I don't think he has to be a 260 guy. I think he can still be a 275 guy, upwards of potentially more. Now, he hit a 363 BABIP against righties. I get your point on that. And with the swing and miss that Josh Lowe has, you have to tamp that down for sure. But I'll give you I'll give you 15 points on that batting average down. You know, I'll give you a, a call it 17. I'll go 275. It, and here's the but, 15 points is exactly as XBA. So... So. I will I will lean on the XBA here, and if I'm telling you 275, and maybe a few more homers, even in the same playing time, I could see it. But let's just let's just not do that. Let's go 18, but I'm not going to relent on the steals. I think he puts up another 30. So I'm gonna go 275, 18, 30. What do you think about that for Josh Lowe? That feels all right. I mean, I I still think the average is lower. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm gonna say. 235, 15, 27, or something wait, around wait, 235 there. 235 average? Sorry, sorry. Did I say 235? Uh, sorry, 265. 265. Okay, um, okay. Uh, and 
but yeah, I mean, I think there's a really wide range of outcomes on a guy like Josh Lowe. And I think because he strikes out so much, he doesn't walk and he has major great. flaws yeah. against righties against lefties that can cost him playing time or hurt him if he does play against lefties. So it's a, it's a push pull there. Yeah. I, I get you. I, I think the range so, of outcomes is substantial on low for I, sure. I do think he's going to be a top five round pick. He will not I be agree. on many of my teams um, because of that. He, he, he might make a team or two of mine. I, I mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not playing as many of these days, so I have to be careful. I can't just go willy-nilly. Although I play a lot of the DCs. I, when I say how many teams I play, I'm talking about the ones that require in-season management. Uh, so you might be on some of my DCs and my and my gladiators and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see where this fall and winter helium go on him. Um, if people start gassing him up too much and we see a fourth, fifth, you know, all the time for Josh Lowe, Maybe I tap the brakes. I think you, I think you make some fair points for sure, but yeah. hell of a season for him and exhibit 4 billion, not to give up on a rookie that you loved when they had never done anything in the majors, just because they came up and put up a, you know, 200 plate, uh, plate appearance, dog shit sample, like stop doing that. People actually yeah. keep doing it. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll benefit from it. Uh, let's go to the other end of the age spectrum here. Justin Turner, I mean, Energizer Bunny. I know that's a bit of a dated reference these days. I can do an even more dated one. He's a Timex watch, dude. Just keeps on ticking. My man, 242 on the ADP, 37th ranked hitter this year. Killed it with the White Sox, or with the Red Sox, excuse me. Just a really, really strong season out of Justin Turner. And look, I know he's going to be 200 next year. Literally going to be age 39. And yet I have a hard time bringing his his uh, uh projection down too much because he just keeps doing it i thought he was going to trade power for batting average this year he had 23 homers up 10 from last year albeit in uh 80 more plate appearances uh, with a 276 average which was actually down two points i thought he'd beat the hell out of the uh out of the green monster but no he found the power 96 ribbies 86 runs just an excellent season from the 38 year old he'll be 39 next year but i I can't be bothered to be that worried about it because that's always baked into the price with Justin Turner. What do you think about what he did this year as the 37th ranked hitter? I mean, it's insane. Like it's just, you know, he's a it, monster, man. Just, and I wish I'd gotten more shares. Cause like I was, I was a big fan. Uh, he's going to lose the third base and second base eligibility and be first base only. Um, okay. So which that, kind that's of a sucks, cut. but yeah, that's a sting. And he's going to be a free agent. And we don't even know if he's going to play. Like, right? He maybe he that's retired. true. He could go out on the sun and yeah. uh, you know go out in the sunset. You know, uh, on a, on a high note like this, because my man just does not fail. Like he's so he's so the only thing that ever stops Justin Turner is health. Yeah, absolutely. And um, he actually spiked some health this year, relatively speaking, with his highest plate appearance total since twenty forever. Literally his highest ever. Are you kidding me, dude? Six twenty six, a new career high at age. Just goes to show you that we don't know shit, right? We have no idea uh, because you'd have never projected that. That's the one thing that you would have said is a hundred percent. Do not put him for six hundred plate appearances, or if you do, put it for very low six hundred plate appearances. But if I had told you. You know, coming into the year, I can guarantee you that Justin Turner's plate appearances are going to be a new career high. You just said you're you're crazy, you're insane. What sort of drugs are you doing? And can I take some? Mm -hmm. uh, because that would have been a crazy thing to think. And instead, he goes out and kills it. Yeah, I, it is curious, you know, whether or not he's going to keep playing because maybe he's just ready to hang him up. But it's not because there's no juice left in the bat. I'll tell you that. 
So yeah. he can keep playing if he wants to. And uh, I mean, we'll have to see if somebody wants gonna, to bring him in as a first baseman. You know, if the Dodgers going to spend a crap ton of money on Otani, maybe they bring him back as yeah. kind of, uh, you know, a cheaper one-year option that they don't have to tie money into, right? I mean, could yeah. end up back in Boston, too. Like, um, But I, I would think with Cassis and Devers there, like, it probably doesn't make a ton of sense for Boston. You know where, you know where I'd like him? Hmm. I'd like to see my boys bring him in as like a, the old veteran presence guy. He can bring in some gifts. Um, yeah, but you guys have Keith Colt coming up. You've got Colt Keith, Colt so, Keith. Yeah. And, and I know Keith Colt sounds like the right way to say his name. I I'm, promise I'm gonna, you, like, I get do, that. Do wrong for it's going to be forever. Years. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it is indeed Colt Keith, but um, you know, have him bounce around. Miggy's yeah. gone. So he plays a little third. He doesn't have to play much. Little bit of first, get torque off his feet every once in a while, but play a lot of DH. I, I don't know. Like I, you don't usually go out and sign a 39-year-old when you're not a team that's fully in contention. Yeah. But I also think that they're gonna see like we can bring in a veteran or two. This dude just rakes. You don't think he would just live in those uh alleys in Comerica and just hit 40 doubles easily? Yeah. I don't know. I think it could be an interesting cheap option for them to get another quality hitter on the club. Maybe he's a Cody Bellinger replacement at first. Well, I guess they got Mervis that they probably should <laughs> at some point give a shot too. That's one of your best jokes ever that the Cubs would play Matt Mervis. Dude, you're a funny yeah, guy. I've always thought that. But that is one of your best lines ever. The idea that the Cubs there, would play uh, Matt I, Mervis. While while you were talking about Justin Turner, I updated the board bets for, oh, for us. So we need I was wondering we'll are to we go gonna do those today or are we gonna do those yeah, on Friday? We can do it real quick. Today, we, I think. Well yeah, actually and we're now we don't yeah, even know if we're doing a Friday. Yeah, episode. We're, doing yeah Friday, we're doing one a week right now. Mm-hmm. Um but we can do those. I, I I got time if you got time. We got, got three time, more guys yeah. to get to. Let's transition. You talked about Justin Turner maybe going back to the Dodgers. Let's hit on another guy that we had talked about earlier. Just JD Martinez also made this list. He was ADP 211. He finishes as the 41st player. This is a guy I always have a hard time quitting. I will say I got one share only though because of the util situation. Actually, I think he might have. Did he have outfield coming into this year? I think he might have. No, no, he was no, utility. So yeah, I, I had one DC share, but he's a guy I've loved because obviously he's a great tiger and he just a, seems like a great dude, fun player to root for. But I was a bit concerned. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I saw 33 bombs coming back, even with the Dodgers. I thought he was going to be a batting average guy, you know, give you that 270 to 280 range batting average, decent runs and ribbies with the Dodgers. But I thought maybe low 20s homers. Um, instead, he hits 33 despite playing a hundred in 20 fewer plate appearances than last year. So the power really came back for JD. Probably strikes me as one of those guys that like if he's healthy, everything's going to be there. But he was playing through some shit in 2022, and that's why the power was sapped. Um, He'll be 36 next year. We don't know where he's going to be. Are you buying the util only JD Martinez? Is he going to be like the Poppy Ortiz in these last few years where the price is always just going to be cheap enough because he's util only and he's 100 years old that it's worth buying even you know, uh, just because it's never going to get too high of a price anymore. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he's just one of those guys. I mean, he had um, arguably his best season. Um, now, I think the year he got traded away from Detroit. Oh, it, it, it is move the on. Move on, Justin. Um, move on. 
but yeah, we don't need to talk about that. We got nothing for that. God, that trade makes me so angry. I know corner outfielders that can't play the outfield don't bring back much, but what a poo-poo platter they got. And he went and hit 29 homers in 62 games for them. Anyway, this, yeah, this is probably, I would say probably his third best season because the year after that, his first year with Boston was definitely better than this too. Yeah, so, um, but I mean, you look at the underlying skills and they were back to being like vintage J.D. Martinez. Um, yeah, it was a great season, no matter how you slice it. Like, I mean, he had a 17% barrel rate. You know, like, we were just saying, oh, look, Yanni Diaz had a, a 9 point something percent battle, you know. And that was going and, off for, and, and for that him. Was, that was like his best one of his career, right? Jimmy yeah. 17% barrel rate. Like, that's. Uh, that's one of the tops in the league. Hang on. I, I, I'm going to get it for you here. Minimum 400 plate appearances. Uh, it's fifth. And okay. So the number one guy, it won't be hard to guess who it is. But if you're not looking at it right now, I want you to guess what the number one barrel rate was. Oh, like the percentage or who it was? The percentage. Um, I'm going to say. And if you're like, like way eight, wrong, eight, I'll give you the name. Half. Okay. So way wrong. And I'll give you the name. It was Judge. So go higher. 24. And you're still low. It's 27 and a half. Jesus. <laughs> so just put bubble wrap on the dude so he stays on the field. Like Unbelievable, dude. Anyway, JD was fifth at 17%. Hell of a season. Um, has he gone in that draft champions yet? That's what I'm trying to see right now. How many rounds are they into it? I have a screenshot um, from the Pole Hitter Patreon, uh, which is a great okay. Patreon to be a part of. Oh, um, I'm in that. I should I should be able to get in. Yeah, there. Uh, I don't see him on there. What color would DH uh, only be? He'd be like a he'd be like a you know standout color because there's only going to be like four. Yeah, I don't see him. Find Otani, unless Otani's uh, yellow for pitcher or whatever. Where is Otani? Is it in the Discord uh, or is it on the Patreon page? There, there we go. There we go. Okay, so it is like a blue color, and he's not been drafted in the first 11 rounds um i don't That's know what i'm talking about he's gonna he's pop your tees now and yeah. uh, people if you if you're new to fantasy baseball go look at pop ortiz's uh history david ortiz and let me tell you nothing was, was the same way right like yes no exactly that's a more recent example the bargains of the year every year for so many seasons because of util only and age and people were just afraid to take them. They didn't want to be caught holding the hot potato, yeah. but it got, it always got to a point where the price made way too much sense. And so I do think JD is going to be like that. Even if he goes somewhere, you know, more neutral on like a decent team, maybe that, you know, Tigers can bring him back. No, I would, I, I think the Justin Turner thing makes more sense because yeah. you can at least put him in the field a little bit, but, um, I, I think JD as like a 13th, 14th rounder, I can get behind pretty easily. Oh, I mean, he won't be there in my drafts there because I'll have taken them earlier. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's the case for me too. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Steer then. Spencer Steer, pick 382. I got him with, I think, my second to last pick in the main event. He ends up as the 49th ranked hitter. Just a hell of a season. Ends up getting a little bit overshadowed because of the other guys that came up and dominated, uh, Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain. Matt McClain's juice kind of faltered a little bit because he left for injury. If he had had yeah. the entire rest of the season, I think he'd be like a firm second rounder probably. Yeah. But anyway, Steer ends up going 23-15 with 86 ribs, 74 runs, and a 271 average. Just a hell of a season out of Spencer Steer. 
I love what he did. I did not get all of my um, uh, Cincinnati Reds picks correct. We, we know that. Uh, Will Myers, what's up? But all the other ones did pan out. Uh, I feel I feel pretty good about them. Even though Tyler Stevenson still didn't really have the big breakthrough, he was still a top 10 catcher. Uh, Steer was great. Fraley was great. Friedel was more yours than mine, but I always co-signed you when you when you gassed him up, and he was great. So we love our our, our baby Reds here. What do you think of Steer, and uh, what do you think of where his price might go? Because I don't think he's going to be an obscene price coming into next year. I think he's going to be he, fairly priced. You went in the the beginning of the eleventh round in this. I'm uh, paying that all day. I'll pay that too. Like I mean, my biggest concern with Steer was he it felt or it looked like he had a hole in the top of the zone uh, with his swing. Mm-hmm. Um, he closed that up. Like I mean, and they kept challenging him there. Yeah. He's probably got of like five tomahawk homers that i can think of off the top of my head right now yeah uh made league average contact swing strike rate was below uh 10 percent um you know he's not a big barrel guy and you know maybe you know maybe the power does dip a little bit just because it's hard to project a guy that young to do 660 plate appearances and back-to-back seasons especially on a team as stacked as they are um, true. So true. I do think they're going to trade. There's already been rumors about the Reds might be shopping Matt McLean um, this offseason. Uh, be the wrong guy to trade, dude. Yeah. So uh, there was even. I mean, bring back. If they're trying to get an ace, McLean's going to bring that back. Yeah. Like a, a legit young guy that you can think that you can put atop your rotation and then have Green and Lodolo and Abbott fill, and Williamson fill in behind him. But. I still don't think I would do it. I wouldn't do it either. Um, I'd still I think, rather I think, trade. I, I think the problem is somebody else. India doesn't get you as much back. And exactly. And I, as much as I love Steer, I don't really think he does either. McLean no. does. I mean, yeah. Ellie does too. But you're never trading him you're because he's, Ellie. you know, he's the yeah, you're not franchise trading, type of guy. No strand either. So like, can we talk about him for a second? I cannot wait to get him on every team. Oh my god, dude! I dropped him in elite. In- There's no shade in that because it was hard to see where the PT was coming and everything. So I, I cut you off in there, but like, no, but I dropped him. A lot I of dropped him when I shouldn't have. Um, I, it was the, uh, we're coming up on the playoffs for the sleeper on the bus, head to head league. And I had to make a decision between him, Parades and Nate Lowe. Oh, that's a, that's a, Difficult decision, man. I don't blame you. I still, yeah. I still take you off the hook on that. I don't think that that's a terrible cut. And that probably cost me, you know. At least I, yeah, I probably did because championship. He, I ended up finishing. Fourth, he closed brilliantly. Mm-hmm. He had a huge September. CES did, but yeah, I, I, I'm not going to kill you on that. I'm really not. Yeah. But anyway, with Steer, we're paying the price. Tenth uh, to twelfth round range yeah, seems totally I, fair. I feel like he's got to go up from there. But like, I mean, you're also talking about a guy who is going to be eligible at first, third. <laughs> you read my mind. That's literally. And then in Yahoo League, second base as well. Second base. That's so, literally what I was about to do was look up his eligibility. So triple eligible in most formats, quad eligible in uh, formats that lower the thresholds. Yeah. I mean, are you paying ninth if he goes up that high for Spencer Steer? I, it's going to be close, but yeah, probably. I think I'm on board to do that in the right build. And if he fits, you know, my needs and everything with the corner outfield or corner infielder uh, slash outfielder. But 
I, I just love him, man. And I want more pieces of Cincy again. I'm, I'm going to have the same Cincy love that I had coming into this year. It's just going to be a bit more expensive to do it. But while everyone's paying the premiums for Ellie and Matt McClain, which by the way, I'm not saying I won't. I'm just saying while everyone's doing that, I'm going to swoop in and I'm going to go back to the well with Fraley unless he gets moved. I'm going to go back to the well with Friedel. I'm going to go back to the well with Stevenson and I'm going to be in on steer again too. Yeah. Um, and even India, if they do keep him, I'll pay for him because I think he might yeah. be the cheapest of all those guys I just named. And of course, CES, who I was just gassing up a second ago. So yeah. I love this lineup still so much. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a really fun team. I, I'm, I'm, I, the other jersey I bought was a TJ Friedel jersey. So, uh, love it. Uh, I'm, love I'm, it. The, uh, the Reds are going to be a really fun. Shout out to uh, Jenny Butler and Jeff Erickson. You guys are going to be enjoying your Reds for quite a while. Absolutely. I, I'm really excited about where they're headed. And, you know, they're, they're going to start to fill in some pitching, too. You know, Abbott was a big breakout this year. I think Williamson, you know, when we start talking some pitching and some guys on the rise there, I think what he did in the second half went a bit underrated. Like, he yeah. still had some volatility, the occasional dud. I know my Tigers ripped him for five, six runs, which was a bit surprising, especially because it was in Detroit. But if you look, his second half was a sub-4 ERA with a 124 whip. Um, you know, the strikeouts weren't there, but I think he sacrificed some of the strikeout potential to be in the zone a bit more and not walk as many guys. That also led to a few more homers. But all in all, I really liked what, uh, yeah. what Brandon Williamson did down the stretch. Last guy here, Luis Arise. We actually invoked his name a bit earlier as kind of a lighter Yandy Diaz because he doesn't have any power, but he was the 225th ADP and he was the 50th ranked hitter. Here's the thing. I don't think his price is going to go up that much because I think everyone knows what he is and he's such a specific piece, right? Like he's not a universal puzzle piece. You need to have a specific build going. Where do you think his price goes and, and would you pay it? And do you think it's a lot higher than 225 or do you think it's like 175, like a 50 pick jump? What do you think on Luis Arise with the Marlins? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's exactly the same price as last year or even lower. I wouldn't either. Like, yeah, I mean, you're talking I about truly a guy, wouldn't. You're talking about a guy who hit 10 home runs and he, he needed like a power surge in the last couple weeks of the season to get those 10 home runs, three stolen bases. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know you've got to regress the batting average because, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, could he hit 254 again? Or, sorry, 354 Three, again? 354, yeah. Of course he could, but, like, he also could hit 300, and 300... You're projecting is, 310 at the high end. Yeah, like, I, I, you just can't project guys to, like, break the system the way he has. No. Um, and now he's... Batting average too volatile. Now he's losing eligibility, so he's only going to be second base eligible... Uh, he'll, he'll get in first base eligibility in Yahoo leagues. Um, mm -hmm. Like, although that doesn't even help because I'm not. Yeah. Well, it helps for corner, but I'm sure shit never well, put they, him at one B. Yahoo doesn't have corners, so yeah. So that that yeah. that's not even valuable there. So he's second base only, um, and he's just again such a specific puzzle piece. Yeah. I think you have to plan to take him too. Yeah. You know, I think you go in saying, I'm going to do this, that, and the other, where I'm going to get Pete Alonzo and, you know, battles. I, I shouldn't say two first basemen because you wouldn't do that. But I'm going to get all these guys that have batting average challenges, and then I'm going to swoop in and get a rise. Uh, but then you're probably overpaying, too, because you have to make sure you get them yeah, if you make a specific plan. A rise is an option for people who made mistakes earlier in the draft. And you should. That's a fair point. Like you that you don't have to plan. Yeah, like you, you shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't end up with Luis Rise. Like, I mean, outside of like an auction setting where like you're like, oh, I'm getting him for a dollar in 
that's the best way to get them yeah. is an auction because then you can plan it yeah and you put your six dollar i don't think it's a dollar i think it's, well it depends how deep the league is in yeah. a 15 team i think you're still paying five or six bucks Maybe, yeah but um I think that's the way to get him is an auction league yeah. if you really want him. He's just not a piece for me. You guys know I'm not very big on on the rabbit players, the one the speed only types. I'm even less interested in in these guys because batting average is so volatile. At least I know Estuary Ruiz is going to steal 40 next year yeah, at exactly. least, right? Even if he plays like shit. Um with a rise he could hit 280 and that wouldn't even be like, oh, he was terrible. He could just have luck go against him because that's how batting average freaking works. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, I can't do it. Hats off for the good season though. He played very well and uh, it was a nice season if you had him. But I know a lot of people who weren't even using him down the stretch because their batting average was yeah. fine. And so they needed somebody who could actually do something in every other category. Yeah. Because he, uh, he so that's, kills you, actively hurts you in every other category. So it's like. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I can't. So there's our 11 guys, our best bargains in the top 50 hitters. Our next episode, we'll do top 50 pitchers uh, bargains. But let's talk some board bets here. You said you got mm -hmm. some for us and uh, you're licking your chops. So I'm obviously taking some L's here. Let's let's hear them. Oh, you're muted. You're muted. I, I, I got it so excited. I muted. So <laughs> it was close. Um, OK. You know, this was not like a landslide victory or anything uh, by that. But it's only close because I made stupid decisions in terms of don't, allowing you to give me that bullshit on uh, on on a couple. So we had nine total board bets this year. Uh, All right, two of them were nixed um, because the players did not reach the minimum plate appearances or uh, or innings, and that was Brendan Rogers over under twenty one and a half home runs. We needed five hundred PAs. I didn't look. I know he didn't get 500 PA. So nowhere uh, near. Uh, and then you said Noah Syndergaard would be a top 50 player on the SP uh, or the Raswell it's player. Only because he missed the innings. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, for some reason, I gave you a minimum 130 innings, which is because ridiculous. I'm not taking it otherwise. Yeah, probably. So. Um, I, you know, he, I think he threw 88, which is more than I would have expected. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, so. let's be honest. It was stupid. Even if he gets 130, there was no chance he's getting there. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm being tongue in cheek with that. But yeah, uh, obviously, I, my Thor love will, will die the death it should have died three years ago. Yeah. Uh, so what else we got? Uh, Dom Smith over under 22 and a half home runs. You had the over, I had the under. He went way under. Are, are you sure I said that? Yeah. Yeah. That seems very stupid. Yeah, it was very dumb. Some of these are really dumb. Like I said that Matt Mervis would have uh, a better or a higher ADP than 250 by the time we got to main events. Uh, that, I mean, you mean under? Uh, under, under, yeah. He was like gonna be a better going ADP. within the top 250 picks. Yeah. Um, he, he did not. Um, he was not. He was, he was not. not. He was not drafted in most main event leagues. Um, so that one was a big L for me. Uh, over, under the 27 and a half player or outfielder on the player Raider for Byron Buxton for you. Uh, yeah, I, I took I don't think there. on that one and I will take that W this, by the way, this is a great underscoring of my theory of I'll bet on skills and just pray for health. And, and this is what happens when it doesn't yeah. come through because obviously he did not stay healthy. His skills weren't great this year either. I will freely acknowledge that he hit 207 in the 347 plate appearances that Buxton did play. But yeah, that's definitely something there. Um, continue. I've got uh, one, by the way, that we didn't put on the board that I do think kind of counts. That is a okay. win for me, but we'll get to that in a All moment. Right. Um, 
my favorite one that was actually way closer uh you win this one um but way closer than i think uh you probably would have thought it would be uh brian reynolds Mm -hmm. versus kettle Marte, more stolen bases brian reynolds stole 12 and kettle Marte stole eight um so i was i was wrong i take the l but i I, that was a really close one um yeah that one is that one is pretty dang close there the uh, one that was not close was um, more saves between Pete Fairbanks and Kendall Graveman. You had Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. I had Graveman. Uh, that one was ugly. Um, I can't believe you won this one, though, with the same this one with Fairbanks as well. This me the whole thing and um, pretty hot. was the closest one of all. Fairbanks had 25 saves. You had Fairbanks. I had Alex Lang, who had 26 saves. Go Tigers. Um, N- nicely done on on Lang, but you you were dead wrong on Fairbanks. I, I was I was wrong on Fairbanks. So um, and I and I was comically wrong on Dom Smith. By the way, I'm yeah. still looking at that one like Jesus. Uh, uh, go ahead. And then uh, the last one, uh, another win for me, uh, which gives me the four three, which was seventy five and a half on this one. over under on pitches in Tarek Skubal's first start. You should win this one because he was so good when he came exactly. back. Exactly, you were on you get the win. But I get, because I that's, get the win because that's how the rules. That's go. the actual win yeah. exactly. But you know that that's fraudulent horseshit yeah. on that one. We're gonna have to do more um, of these the, next year because I, I. Yes, yeah. I agree, and I'm sure we had some that we didn't end up putting yeah. up. Although you were good about maintaining it, so. Here is one that I think probably should be on because we had such a detailed discussion mm-hmm. on it that it would be a win for me, and that was Cabrian Hayes hit 15 home runs, which is. More than double his home run rate from last year, which you adamantly said that he could not possibly do. I want to go back and listen to that episode, and I will do so. Do Um, so because you will find that you. I'm pretty sure you said in that episode that you thought he could hit 20 or more. I did think so that he he, could, but I said he would double his home runs, uh which he did. I will go listen. I'm not going to give you the dub because you don't have to. It's not on there. But I know in my heart that I dominated you because the Scooble one, you got lucky and the Cabrian Hayes, you shirked that one. We're just going to we're going to ignore the Brendan Rodgers and the uh, exactly because those this fly uh-huh. I, I can I can frame this right. I'm Absolutely. I'm drawing some wiggly lines here, but I can frame this t- for a fat you, dub for you me. You should work in the Louvre with how good you are framing this argument. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, I I I I could have that as a second job here because yes, I'm doing a lot of work to frame this as a I, dub for me. But you do glad, get the win. I am glad that it is a really close to four three split um, mm-hmm. because yeah, I I wouldn't want to win like in dom or lose in dominating fashion. I, I think it well and it wouldn't. Wouldn't be great if if like we're just one of us is just aggressively wrong and then it's like yeah. well I'm just gonna stop listening to this guy on the show so we both have our our pluses and minuses which is exactly how this game goes that's the beauty of this game you're never gonna get everything right um, you got to trust your processes and and you know believe in those and you know we didn't talk about this at the end at, at the outset we did talk about how you won but. This time last year, you were really, really difficult yeah. on yourself and really thought, man, I got to go back to the drawing board. I, I, you know, rotten season and everything. I knew you had a lot of the right processes. You went and you refined them. You did the projections. How much do you think that helped the hand projections? I think, do you think that played a role? I think that is almost entirely responsible. Um, I mean, I just your knowledge of the pool and your commitment to particular numbers. It's not that you got every projection, right? Because again, you can't, no one gets a hundred percent on that. 
I think there's two things. I think one, um, the projections were extremely useful for me. Um, and, and not just the projections, but like a shout out to Tanner Bell. Um, cause I will plug him. We don't get paid or anything like that. He's like, isn't that, no. but I will, Those plug, are boys, though. I will plug him left and right because being able to plug those projections into his sheet and yeah. have that sheet spit out what I should be paying for each player allowed me to, when I sat at a draft table or sat in an auction, not overreach. Like, it's still my data. It's still my information. Mm-hmm. It's still what I believe. But, you know, the mistakes I made at the draft table this year, and there were mistakes, were times where I went away from what my sheet said. Um, I, you know, pushed up Kelnick because of all the other people's hype. Like I was getting him early, but I shouldn't have gotten him late, right? Because other people started pushing. Him I didn't up. even, I didn't even bring that one up. Yeah, like you know, Jordan, he, took, he took a pretty early victory lap on him. Jordan Walker is another guy, right? Like I got him in early drafts, and those should have been the only drafts I got him in. Um, yeah, be, if I had stayed true to my sheet, um, and so yes, the projections were a huge part of it. The other part of it is, um, and I know not everybody's going to do projections. You know, there are amazing projection systems out there for free. If you don't want to, do you your can. Own, you can always. You can also, them. yeah, get a core set and just change some of the guys that you feel most strongly about sure. too. Like, you know, you don't have to go hand by hand like we did with them. You know, Joe Rico reached out to me. Does a wonderful podcast. Excellent guy in the industry. Um, asking, you know, should I do? I said it's an arduous process, but I found it remarkably yeah. valuable. I didn't have the season that you did. I do not regret doing it. I'm doing it again this year. Yeah. I, I I liked it. Um, yeah. So that for me was one of the big things. Um, I would say the other big thing, which everybody can do, right? If you don't have time to do projections or you just don't want to do your own projections, then don't like, you know, use mm-hmm. the bad X, use ATC, use Steamer, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, whatever projection system works best for you. Um, but the one thing you can do is at the end of my season last year, I was, like you said, I was distraught. Like I, I was legitimately question whether or not I should be giving analysis, whether I should even be playing fantasy baseball. It was that bad of a season for me. Um, and I was obviously just being too hard on myself, but what I, the first thing I did at the end of last season was I wrote a series of articles called the Justin Mason apology tour on fan graphs. Um, and in that big breakdown with yeah, everything. I went through every single team I, of mine individually. And I looked at my draft. I looked at my fab. I looked at every aspect. I looked on how I constructed my teams, how I, how I made moves throughout the season. And I figured out where I went wrong. Like, and uh, because I, if you, especially if you play in multiple leagues, like I do, you can start mm-hmm. to see common threads, right? And there were common threads. Like some of it, sometimes it was bad player analysis, sometimes, but most of it was bad roster construction, um, you know, and bad fab work. And I yeah. tightened that up this year. And, and I think those two things, roster construction and better fab work, were the keys to my overall success uh, this year. So um, go through your teams. Don't just, if you had a bad year, I, I, I implore you not to do the two things that I think most people do. One, people just write it off and go, ah, it was just a bad year. I'm not even going to worry about it. Like we all have. No, 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 don't do that. Um, And then the other thing is do what I did before I started grinding, which was just beat yourself up. Like, you know, um, like it's, 
within reason. Do yeah. not ponder like, quitting the fantasy industry. Yeah, use it as I used it as fuel, right? I used it as, um, hey, I'm going to take this and I'm going to become a better player, and uh, and I think I did that. And um, you know, there may be other bad years, and I think you're going to maybe there's hopefully going to be other great years as well. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, it was a great ride. Uh, I've enjoyed every step of the way, except for the overwhelming anxiety over the last month. Um, but it was all worth it. And I hope that we helped people win their leagues this year. Um, we've already gotten some amazing messages. I always appreciate that. Y'all are the ones who put in the work, but if you take anything from us and we're able to help with that and you feel, you know, you feel that we contributed. That's awesome. I, I love that. I love doing this. I always love just talking up, talking baseball. And yeah, I've got flops, right? I did the daily SP chart. There was some, I put freaking Carlos Rodon number two the day that he ruined people's seasons. By the way, uh, you know, process versus I outcomes. I appreciate him ruining people's season. That made me some money. It, it, it did help you, but unfortunately, it hurt Greg. So uh, oh. you know, Greg still had a good year. Don't get me wrong, hey, fish, but uh, that, overall, there is exactly. That is, and I'm assuming he won his league, like. Yeah. Um, like that. Congrats to Greg. He had an amazing yeah. year. It would have been cool to see him maybe get like third in the overall, but he's not hanging his head after his brilliant season. So shouts to Greg. Just an excellent, excellent year for him. Can I just and, give some you know, other quick shout outs to people? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. That uh, Dave Potts, uh, our good friend, finished second overall in the auction championship. Love Dave. Uh, just uh, an amazing season for him. Um, uh, Drew Forte, who's a really good dude, uh, finished first overall in the online championship. Uh, Vlad Sedler finished third overall, uh, just literally, uh, his, sorry, you you just brought him up and I just went to Twitter and the first tweet on my feed is his wrap up, uh, here where he finished first in his OC and third overall, like you said, third Mm -hmm. in the best ball as well. So big shouts to Vlad having a huge season. He said 35 plus K in profit. Excellent, excellent work there. Continue your shout outs. Uh, obviously, Brian Slack, um, uh, Dylan White, and Nicholas Sackett uh, winning the main event overall uh, uh, is amazing. Rob DiPietro was second overall in the draft champions. Uh, another one of our buddies. Uh, and Steve Weimer continues to like show dominance in draft champions, finished sixth overall, I think, a year after winning it. Um, uh, our buddy Doug Thorburn finished second in uh, TGFBI overall. We love Doug. He used to do a pod. He used to be one of my favorite pods, um, the uh, the Tin Staff podcast. So. I was talking about that the other day. Uh, it, with regards, I was telling somebody how we sponsored uh, Jose Fernandez's baseball reference page when he first mm-hmm. came up. He was our, our player of the of the show for quite some time there. But yeah, I love Doug. Great, great person. Uh, Continue. And then uh, I think I'll finish off. I mean, a lot of people we know like did really, really well mm-hmm. this year. Uh, you know, don't have to name them all. But I want to give a huge shout out to uh, listener Lucas Bieri, um, who also does some stuff in the industry. He won the online auction championship overall this year. Yeah, he did. Um, and uh, a baby Lucas. Uh, yeah, like he is genuinely one of the coolest people and nicest people. I'm super, super tall. Um, you know, I mean, tall guess, people are awesome. Guess not next to you. He's probably not super tall, but, um, uh, yeah, just, I'm super excited for him. Like that's a huge takedown. Um, and so, uh, shout out to everybody who won their leagues. If you didn't stick with us, we'll be here all off season, helping you get mm-hmm. ready. Uh, while well, all the other pods, a bunch of the other pods go away, we'll, we'll stay around. Of them. So, so yeah, some of them will be staying. We'll be at least have once a week. 
uh, for October. We're going to decompress a bit. Justin's going to Scrooge McDuck into all of his all of his winnings here. Literally, I'm my I'm going to a Disneyland. Bit. So yeah, so you can, uh, you can go you go full cartoon character there. But I'm I'm going to you know sit back a little bit, enjoy the playoffs. But again, we'll have at least a pot a week doing stuff like this where we review guys and then look at their 2024 outlook, and then we'll be high gear uh, come November again. I can't wait to get started on my baseball HQ pages, which I'm sure will be sent over to me relatively soon. So it doesn't stop, man. I love the baseball grind i am ready for a few days of just like not being like oh shit it's 9 30 and i haven't even started the sp chart yet type deal uh i am ready to just be like you know what it's 9 30 i can fuck around playing some video games for a little bit uh, or go right to bed right now so mm -hmm. i'm definitely excited to decompress a bit but justin huge congrats to you brother you. i love you you love did a great job this year and uh, we'll talk later next week yep take it easy